Hey, Joe. I'm here to record. Oh, Chris. Hi. Um, yeah, we recorded already. What do you mean you recorded already? Yeah, we, uh, we got a new Chris. Uh, what? Yeah, uh, Jixon filled in. What the fuck's a Jixon? Uh, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, we got a new Chris. I'm sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? How do you... What the... It's me, man. Chris. I'm the superior Chris. By a mile. Literally. Chris 2000. It's in the name. I, Nissan. I, hello? I, I, I thought it was a... I thought that was a Japanese car company. I thought it was cup noodles. Shut, Shut up, Jason. Jason. Man, you fucking suck. I'm fucking out of here, Joe. I thought we were friends. Jixon. Man, fuck Jixon. Man, now I'm hungry. This week on episode 114 of the 4205 cast, we replace a Chris and add a Dylan. Jixon and Phantom Ryu from the Randomizer and Speed Racing community join Andre and Joe for an online discussion about the old times, the new times, and give our SummerSlam predictions. How did we do? Stay tuned and find out. Kings are coming at you live, but you'll hear us on tape delay. Today I have with me... Joe! And, uh, that's it. Uh, that's it. Kind of sad. We're not even coming at you live today. Look, yeah, it's... Look, nothing worked out, alright? Uh, we had to scramble. Uh, things... I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry. We, we, we let you down, but we, we're making it up to you. We got an episode this week, so... Here's something. <laughs> right. Listen to us on our headsets today. Yeah, we are not live. <laughs> Very nope. not live. We're not using our million-dollar microphones. Well, I am. I'm using you one. You are. Okay. Oh, well, I sound pretty good anyway. Yeah, you sound right. I sound, sound good no matter what happened. Oh, no. no. So, uh, to, to get into it, we got tired of people not showing up. So, Chris is no longer on the podcast. We have replaced him with Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hello. Uh, and uh, Theo, he stopped wanting to do his job, and Anthony got promoted. I don't know when we'll see him again, so we replaced them with Dylan. That's gotta be Kane! Oh, wait. <laughs> Y'all might not know me as Phantom Ryu for the internet, but yeah, that's me. All right. Uh, so we got Jixon and Phantom Ryu from the Zelda Randomizer community. Uh, that's Chris and Dylan, respectively. What's going on, guys? It's another day in the life, Andre. Just another day in the life. Glad to be here. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to be the uh, replacements, so to speak, on the 4205 cast. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, indeed. Thank you for the invite. It's first time on a podcast, so this should be exciting. Wow, first time for yeah, you'll be fine. And that's mine, too. So, you know, we'll, we'll just wing it here. All right. So, uh, as I said before, these are some Zelda randomizer uh, people, so let's find out. Uh, Chris, tell us about yourself, your stream, what's going on, how you uh, live in Zelda Randomizer. Uh, my name is Chris. Uh, I go online by Jixon. Uh, my stream is twitch.tv slash Jixon. Uh, 
I got into Randomizer last year during the spring tournament of 2017. Uh, it came out the right opportunity for me to get into it, and I've been greatly enjoying it ever since, you know, trying to improve as we move on. All right. Well, what about you, Dylan? Hey, guys. I am Dylan, a.k.a. Phantom Ryu, and like Jixon and uh, some of the other guys here, you know, we're some of the OG internet guys, so we have... Yeah, when it comes to Twitter or YouTube or whatever, or Twitch, I am Phantom Ryu on all of those. No numbers, no letters, because our generation stole all the good internet handles. That's Damn correct. Right. <laughs> you, can find all, you can find all these old internet handles and some of the new ones. Unclown yeah. penis, not far. Yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> but uh, so I'm a, for those who don't know, I'm an active duty U.S. Army officer. I am a JAG attorney for the U.S. Army, and uh, I've just... I'm just a geek. It's just the way I've always been. I've been a video game guy my entire life, and it only took until I'm 40 years old for uh, for games to actually be cool. And uh, that's that's a wonderful thing. I've been playing the rando for good God, man, a year and a half, year and a half, two years. That's a long time to be dedicated to one game, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, Link to the Past was probably my favorite Zelda game. because it came out when I was about 13 years old. And so while Ocarina of Time was a uh, just a watershed moment in gaming, it still couldn't hold the same place as Link to the Past did for me. Well, I've said my piece about Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, won't, I won't take your spotlight here. He doesn't like it. Put it simply. But, yeah, but I will say, I mean, of of all the games that you can think of, that were seem to have been made for a randomizer. I don't know that any any game tops Link to the Past for that. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the the worlds are set right on top of each other and so similar, and just gives you so many different paths that say other other games may not have available. So I was having a discussion, not to not to co op the uh, introductions here, but I was having a discussion with a friend of mine earlier about how this kind of goes hand in hand with puzzle games. He was talking about puzzle games and I'm like, you know, these randomizer runs, they feel they feel like roguelikes, but you know, the, the term logic comes up in these in these playthroughs a lot, you know, like you get a specific item and then it like opens up certain pathways. So in a way, it's kind of like a like a logic puzzle like each run, like trying to figure out and how to unlock it to get to the end of the game would you say that's would say that's accurate oh without a doubt i mean you know that and that was really the design of the original game right you've got to go from point a to point b to get item one and that then opens the path for you to get item two and that's really how link to the past was designed and to get your replay value out of the game they hid items in the game behind those items that you got in the dungeons so it that was already kind of built in the game you had to, you wouldn't be able to get this item until this point in the game and so then randomizer is basically a test of how well do you know the map and what items gate what yeah so it's essentially the only thing it does is just remove the linearity or maybe put in a different linearity well yeah well i mean <laughs> As... of, the, of the base game but yeah you're right as you run into some seeds and you 
you can be astounded at how open some things are when you end up with Titans at the beginning of the game and you're, you can't figure out what the hell you have to do because so many things are open. Or you go through it and you're barely scratching and clawing for one single item to open one single thing. And you're just funneled along a path. But it's a different experience every time, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, there was a there was an article, I don't remember if it was from Kotaku or whomever, but there was an article on the randomizer and they titled it Infinite Remix, which I thought was really cool. Is that is that a is that a true title or a fake title? TJ. Oh, it's it's fake. <laughs> I called it's, him it's, TJ because oh god, we're on we're on Discord. I looked at the name. <laughs> it's Joe, I'm sorry. Well, as long as we're talking about internet handles, can I can I drop the way I actually Got this internet handle? Yeah, sure. Let's. Why don't we yeah, all sure. just uh, mention yeah. that? Yeah. All right. The way I got TJ Maelstrom from is, uh, it was like the word Maelstrom. I don't know. I was a teenager. It was a complicated word. It had like A's and E's, and it was cool. And I was big at the killer. I was big at the killer instinct. And I still, I legitimately just straight up told TJ from TJ Combo, <laughs> and I just mashed them together. And wow, this has been my handle for over twenty years now. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> We are old people. Yeah, it feels old, man. <laughs> well, what about what about you, Jackson? Chris? Uh I got my handle from playing uh MUDs back in the day in the early nineties. Hear that TJ? MUDs. 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 Yes. MUDs were you know your World of Warcraft, your you know uh EverQuest before they had graphics. Yeah. <laughs> and they were fantastic and you sunk hundreds of hours into them sometimes. And I was using a different name, and I ended up with this name from a person who helped me out when I was first starting in it. And they disappeared. I kind of took it, I guess, as a tribute to them for being a nice person when I first met them. And it's been, you know, my online handle going on also 20 years, because I probably started using it in 2000 at the latest. The student has become the master and has adopted the name of his master. It's an ancient right. tradition that goes back thousands of years. Or almost 20. Or almost right. 20. Or almost 20. <laughs> or 20 plus because, you know, I met that person probably. I first, you know, started playing MUDs in late 1996, you know, on my 28K modem. Mm. And... Oh, Theo, put in, the, put in the modem sound. Go ahead, do it. That's enough time. I'm, I'm sure he did it. <laughs> uh, you know, and when if someone picked up the phone, you were off. But uh, those are the days. So you didn't have any graphics-based games that were online at the time, and MUDs let you fill it in yourself. And... Unless you had ZMUD. Do you remember the ZMUD client that would like actually map out the, the the world for you? I do remember the ZMUD client. It was a fantastic thing, as well as another client that's still used today. Because the mud community does live on, uh, called Mush Client. I know, Mush a lot of, I, I know a lot of people that still play some of the old muds I used to play that are still around. Still around. Yeah. I they, still get emails from one. Sadly, <laughs> the one that I played on is long gone, but the one that created the code that I played on is still alive and kicking. And anytime I check in, there's still 100 plus people online at all times. That's crazy. You know, it used to be 500 plus, but still. Uh, TJ and I played TJ and I. Joe, you're gonna doing it. You're gonna keep doing it. Joe and I played a mud called Gemstone Three, which is now Gemstone Four, years ago, 
of when they first introduced it to AOL, and that game got like 2,000 players at peak and would 1, crash all the time. <laughs> uh, that's some crazy stuff. Yeah, because it wasn't taxing, and it was online interaction, and it was wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful. I still have very close friends who I met on that game. I wish I still did. All the ones that I met through there have I have lost contact with them, and I'm very sad about that. Yeah, including Jixon. Yes. Including Jixon. Including yeah, the original Jixon. There are a few people who I lament the loss of, yeah. I think yeah. Jixon murdered his mentor and took his name. Ooh. Straight Sith. Nice yeah, plot Sith twist. Way. Very, very Akuma. No. Akuma doesn't kill people. He doesn't murder anybody. When's the last time you remember Akuma killing anybody? His master. Who's his master? Gotetsu. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. I'm going to say Gotetsu was the last one. How long ago was that? <laughs> Come on. That was, like the that was like the first one. And the last. Because he can't even kill an old man. Didn't even kill Gen. Ugh, terrible. Uh, speaking of Street Fighter, Phantom Ryu, other than Dylan here, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get the real name straight. Uh, tell me this Ryu is from Street Fighter, right? So yes and no. Um, obviously, I'll tell the Street Fighter story first, and that's that. Unlike the actual fighting game community, like everyone around where I grew up when Street Fighter 2 all the way through Super Turbo were out, everybody was like, man, Ryu sucks, Ken's so much better. I'm like, I don't know about that. I was like the only guy in the neighborhood that ever played Ryu, right? Like in my whole city, like nobody touched Ryu. And so I was like, fuck you guys, Ryu's a better character. And, uh, and that's how I got the Ryu part. But then also Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden. Ah, right? ah that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the Ryu part. The Phantom part actually comes from the fact that uh, when I was young, when I was younger, my uh, my my dream was to play the part of Phantom of the Opera on Broadway, right? And unfortunately, being six foot four, you you learn early on when you're you know trying to study drama and stuff. They're like, yeah, you're never going to get a role. You're too tall. <laughs> but uh, that's that's how kind of the Phantom Ryu thing came came about. If you I, could tell, I, he has a very professional sounding voice too. He's been trained he, in this. Aha. Well, I don't know. I don't want the fan of him of the opera can't be tall. Yeah, it's more of it's more of a fact that like, for example, on stage in general, right? Uh, average height of a of a woman is like five four, five five, right? Around maybe five six, but somewhere in that in that. And so obviously that's not the only role you're ever going to take. You got to work your way up, get roles in smaller productions, et cetera. Right. And uh, just the, if you're the male lead and you're six, four and the female lead is like five, five, it doesn't really look, uh, it looks more like a father daughter type thing than you know, <laughs> just the visual that it gives when you're a foot taller than someone else. Right. It just doesn't it doesn't quite look right uh, like a male female romantic lead at that point. You don't have the, the beauty of post to fix those things. Right. Yeah. Then it's not movies where, you know, you can make Tom Cruise look like he actually is uh, the height of an actual man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that out loud, didn't I? That's <laughs> uh, fine. He'll never hear it anyway. Yeah. I don't know. He could. He could. Uh, you know, the, I could. We could have Scientologists listening in on this podcast. 
Oh, and then they'll be after you guys, and it'll be all my fault. I'm so sorry. Yeah, don't worry about it. We can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, y'all we'll from fun. Brooklyn. It's right. all right. Good. You'll handle it. It's, for, it's Brooklyn. Well, yeah, we'll just rebrand, right? Who cares? All right, well, my internet name, Zephyr Blaze, comes from uh, Final Fantasy VI. There's an item called the Zephyr Cape, which is kind of not that good, but it had a cool little dodge animation when you would avoid damage while wearing it. I always thought it was cool. And uh, Blaze comes from WWE superstar Alundra Blaze, otherwise known as Medusa, who was, I thought was one of the coolest wrestlers when I was growing up. I didn't yes. know that part. Yeah. Deborah, yeah, Deborah Maselli, the the unfortunately the one thing she's most famous for is dropping the then WWF women's title into a trash can live on Monday Nitro. Yeah. That at that point I was like, what did you do? Why did you do this? I like you. Don't do this. Ah, the, the emotional heel turn. Yeah, that was just, that was a huge heel turn for me. I was just like, I, uh, but I already but was, was a, entrenched in the name. Yeah, but it was a babyface turn for uh, for WCW, though. I suppose, but I didn't like WCW growing up, so yeah, couldn't yeah, couldn't you deal know with what? those guys. I, I I was a teenager around the time when that NWO popped around. Man, everybody was into it then. Yeah, so my thing was I grew up in the I grew up in the eighties with, you know, obviously Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Ted DiBiase, you know, all of them. And so I, I I get out of watching wrestling for about a decade and I turn around later and somebody I was just in a casual conversation with somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, they mentioned that Hulk Hogan was a bad guy. I'm like Hulk Hogan's a bad guy? He can't be a bad guy. I started turning on WCW and I started watching WCW for about a year until somebody showed me the uh Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell match. Oh. <laughs> that'll bring you back. Yeah, that'll bring you to a different place. Well, somebody please stop the damn match. Yeah, no, we're just which... going to keep going on. Yeah, which, which if you read, if you read, you know, both Mick Foley's book and, and Jim Ross's, he was that, he was being dead serious at that point. He was not, that was not commentary. He was like, what the what the heck guys somebody seriously because he remember he was in a position to make that call at the time mm-hmm. and uh i mean obviously unless he was overruled by vince but uh he was literally calling for the match to be stopped at that point i believe it i totally believe that all right well you know what this is SummerSlam weekend we'll probably get back to wrestling yeah, uh, here we are in point. here we are in brooklyn by the way not in a wrestling show <laughs> so what does that say about us as wrestling fans? Uh, it says that the Barclays Center is uh, not very conducive to our body types. Well, you know what? It's a wrestling show. Was, <laughs> There's probably plenty of people with our body types around. I, I was going to say I thought maybe the Barclays Center wasn't exactly the right size for your wallets either. <laughs> That's what I was more <laughs> thinking because that seemed more appropriate. That too. But, Knowing wrestling know, fans. You know, we went to the NXT show a few years back and... Yeah. Uh, that was a that was a good ass time. It definitely was. Got that uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey one. Ooh, yeah, that was that was, that was a helpful match. Pro- probably their best the best match they've ever had together. I was I was fortunate enough uh, when I was living in Virginia to get to snag uh, fourth row fourth row tickets to Backlash 
and got to see Becky Lynch become the first WWE SmackDown Women's Champion and AJ Styles win his first WWE Championship. Woo! That's that's beautiful, uh, beautiful tickets right there. Yeah, that's well, a card to see too. Yeah, but they didn't. It was one of those that they didn't even announce that the pay per view was happening until like a month out, and so I got fourth row tickets for like a hundred bucks day of. <laughs> Are, were you were you uh were you facing the camera? Did we find you on that? Um, you can. I'm actually behind uh behind the announce table though. No, I'm gonna watch that event and see if we can spot you. What was that? Backlash. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. The first pay per view of the 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 latest brand brand split. Yeah, it might have been, might have been WWE. It might have been seventeen. It was whichever. One. I got the 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 frickin' folding chair that's got Dean Ambrose's face on it, which I think is hilarious because here I am sitting on Dean Ambrose's face, right? Because <laughs> the, the the place where you put your ass has Dean Ambrose's face on it. There's a there's a funny story about that. Is that uh, I actually so I had a concealed carry permit, and. I'm in downtown Richmond, freaking Virginia, which was a little sketchy. And uh, they, so I'm carrying and I get in and they're like, oh, we're going to start letting people in now. No, uh, no weapons. I'm like, no, I'm an attorney. So I know what the law is. And so I walk up to him and I'm like, hey guys, look, I'm not trying to start any trouble here, but uh, you know, I have a concealed carry license. I am armed. Um, I have no problem letting you know that, but uh you guys need to let me in so they call a they call a police officer over and the police officer's like i was starting to hand him my military id and my my concealed carry permit and he's like no no you're fine sir it's uh we gotta wait for a wwe representative and the wwe wanted to know exactly where i was sitting they asked for my uh they asked for my ticket stub and if you watch through the entire uh pay-per-view they never go outside the ring near the announce table Oh, wow. They're like, hey, we got to make sure that <laughs> these guys get nowhere near him. Amazing. Uh, why don't you fill us in on what you've been playing, Chris? Uh, well, the new WoW expansion dropped uh, last week, so I've been leveling my character, which has been hanging around off and on since near vanilla in that. So we're getting close to that. The level cap in there again, so you can grind reputations and quests for usual to get back, you know, farm over and over to get slightly better items until raids come out, and then farm that over and over and over. What a loop. Oh, yeah. That's the, the constant that's, loop. That's the, that's the MMO life. I was about to say the WoW life. I'm like, no, that's everything. That's everything. Yeah, it's, you know, constant MMOs. You know, it's also obviously something in endgame stuff like Diablo 3 and any Diablo game, to be honest. Do, uh... You, you, uh, Jixon, you're... Chris. I'm sorry. I'll get it. Either side. I'll get it. Uh, what's the level cap now in WoW? Uh, level cap is 120. Uh, so so it's, you know, when I started, it was 60. Yeah, it was 60, and then they had... Mostly it was by 10. They had two expansions where it was only five levels. And they just kind of jacked up the experience to be 10 levels worth of experience. I heard they removed a bunch of features from, like, the leveling, not just the leveling experience, but, like, the in-game experience. Like, there's some sort of progression that was taken out. Uh, well, directly from the last expansion, you had a ancient weapon 
mm-hmm. that yeah. increased in levels over time that you would pick up from mob drops or quest rewards. And that's no longer there. So you just have random trash items now. Hmm. And <laughs> like it used to be. Right. So, you know, instead of getting four billion, you know, put into your weapon, it's just whatever five gold to the vendor. And they've replaced that now with a uh necklace slot that levels up like that. It seems like it's similar to the to the Final Fantasy fourteen relic system. So that they've just replaced weapons with a necklace now. Yeah. It, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they took it directly from them. You know, Warcraft has evolved by seeing what's worked in other MMOs, what didn't, and you know, trying to emulate that. Yeah, that's that's Blizzard in general. Oh yeah, they take yeah, what that's, other I'm people fi- did yeah. and perfect it. Sure, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. If you want to take a good idea, that's cool with me. <laughs> you know, they've done that from design perspective as well as just add-on perspective. They took like threat lists that were not in the game in vanilla and put them in the game now because it was an add-on back then. I saw somebody playing and they didn't have Titan Bar and I almost got triggered. <laughs> Please tell me that you have Titan Bar. Is Titan I do Bar not have thing? Titan Bar. I'm so triggered right now. Uh... I have I have never used a bar manager in my add-ons. Like, so. It would be fine if like the base game actually had like customizable bars like they pro- you, you would think that would be a thing by now you think but they've also removed so many skills from each whether from spec to spec so like mm-hmm. i mainly play a protection paladin so i don't have things that a retribution paladin would have to do damage or certain heals that a holy paladin would have right. so they're not even in my spell book until i swap specs but do you have to reconfigure your bars to do that, or is it automatic? Uh, you have a bar that's reconfigured automatically from each spec, so I could swap over to Holy, get it as I want, and swap back to Protection, and it's what it was when I was that. Mm-hmm. And do the bars so, follow suit, or do you have to recustomize the bars? Nope, the bars, including if you have them on the side, stay the same. All right, well, that's a little bit of manual work, but hey, you know what? Can't make it too easy for you, huh? Right. They've made... You know, progress over the 13 years or so that the game's been going. Well, certainly be better than it used to be, where you, where you have to pay an increasingly high amount of gold to change yourself. Ugh. Right, and you don't have to rebuy spell levels. Spell levels have been gone forever. Yeah, Weapon gone skills for are long gone. It's Ugh. harder for these games to like justify money. <laughs> right. Because it's it either is... too much or too little for everybody. There's no... It's hard. It's hard to get content behind it because if you do that, then nobody. Some people are never going to have it. Other people will have it right away. So it's it's hard to like have legitimate money sinks in MMOs. Well, see, so right now Blizzard implemented a five million coin mount that yeah. includes a your own personal uh, auction house, your auctioneer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, that's a giant money sink. However, um, you can, in within the in-game store, you could purchase a token that you put on the auction house that people will buy with gold for a month subscription. Yeah, this is how I used to pay for my subscriptions. I made enough money to pay for a subscription every month. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. So if you're low on cash, we have a, a buttload of coin. That's you're like, fantastic. Here's my what are 180,000 gold, you know, and you're good for the next 30 days. That feels like a lot of gold, but I just know it's not because of the fact that the game's been going on for so long. Right. You know, if you, you know, think back to, you know, raiding Molten Core in the original base game, you were lucky to have I mean, not, 500 I gold. About that. <laughs> yeah, it was boring and not well thought out, but it was the first raid in the first, you know, base game. But you were lucky to have, what, 500, maybe 1,000 gold if you were well off. Man, I remember struggling to put together an amount for Epic Mount. That was yes. hardship back then. Oh yes, the thousand gold for that mount was everything at that point. And now you get that at level forty for a hundred gold. They just give it to you. If I do, they just give it to you. Pretty much quality of life improvements. Yes, but aside from that, I also finally a game that I've been wanting to play since it came out was Bioshock Infinite, and I made it through that, and I know there's other people who have not played it, you know, on this cast. So Just I don't any spoilers. Right. Yeah, Just hey, it might as well go two for two. Yeah, I've never played World of Warcraft either, so... <laughs> uh, don't worry, you, you don't need to worry about getting spoiled. No, you don't that. have to worry about that. Yeah, you know, once you're in there... Actually, I don't know about now, but once you're, you were in way back, you were not getting out. You might get away from the expansion or two, but it usually calls you back. Yeah, so Sleepy Frau and I uh, learned that lesson from Dark Age of Camelot back in the day. That was that was the MMO that that we played before WoW came out, and uh, we were just like, "Nope, we're not getting into another one." Dark Age of Camelot was pretty cool, though. Yes, Dark Age was good, and it's a smart decision to not get into Warcraft. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but Bioshock Infinite, I had reservations through a fair amount of it, the connections to some of the characters, but the ending is probably one of the one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, I got about three hours into it, maybe four hours into it at one and point. And I was very, very happy with the last hour, for sure, of the game. The other parts were good, and the gameplay was fine, but characters were a bit iffy until the very end. Yeah, my my, my main problem is that it's a first-person shooter, and a lot of times those make me motion sick. So when the game first came out, uh, I didn't have a computer that could run it at a constant like 60 frames a second, and that made me motion sick. I tried it again a few years later, now that I've got the the PC that I have today, and I can run it at a constant 60, and it doesn't make me nearly as motion sick. Was it a, so it wasn't a, like a field of view thing? Because that normally is what I hear makes people motion sick, is when it has a weird field of view. That's certainly a contributing factor, um, and yeah, backing it up. But of course, uh, Bioshock Infinite has a field of view slider built into it, and so even adjusting that, a low frame rate I have found also is problematic. And finally, um, anytime you're in the dark in an enclosed room, uh, as opposed to bright and outdoors, that makes a huge difference as well. Right. Well, see that we're learning about motion sickness. Yeah, oh, I've been very happy that I don't get motion sickness from the Bioshock games for the most part. I did on a couple of, because you can hook onto the skylines in that game and swing around. That triggered it a little bit, but you weren't on it. You weren't forced to be on them all that often, so it wasn't a giant problem. Because I used to get motion sick from a fair amount of games like that. And it might have been the FPS issue, because it does still happen with older games that 
you know, weren't intended to be at 60 frames per second. Yeah, I, I will say those skylines was where I quit playing the first time. Ah, all right. Bioshock Infinite? Yeah. I, I've never played it. I didn't care for the uh, the Bioshock games. DJ's a tough one to... Uh... Oh yeah, I'm a tough one. Tough, tough crowd over here. Like, you know, as I said, I'm not a huge FPS person. I'm not a you know Call of Duty fan as a whole. I've played a few of them, but Bioshock, the original one, is probably one of my favorite games of all time because it's not a first-person shooter. It happens to be a first-person shooter, but it isn't one. If you had to categorize it, it's it's, it's a first-person adventure game, right, with some light RPG elements. And and shooter mechanics, yeah. right? Because things have to go forward from your direction. So, obviously, if you're in first person, you're going to control it that way. Yeah, which that kind of like um, if anybody ever, and I'm going to show my age here. Did anybody ever play a Jedi Knight Dark Forces two? Yeah, was that the one with <laughs> Kyle Katarn? Yeah, it's the yeah, second yeah. one, Jedi Outcast. Yeah, where you? No, it's the first, Jedi Knight's the the second one. Um, Jedi Outcast is Jedi Knight two. It's kind of like a Rambo thing. But, uh, but, uh, no, so Jedi Knight was the one where you could actually go dark side too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was, again, it was a, it was a, it was a first person shooter, but you really played it for the story. I love those games. Those games are great. Yeah. This is Mr. Deus Ex over here. So (laughs) Deus Ex is a fantastic, well, I won't say all the games are fantastic in the series, but the series is fantastic. Yeah. We'll forget two existed. <laughs> and it may be some of the newer ones. They're one, okay. One of the newer ones. Yes, one of the newer ones. Man, I keep going into series that I've never played. Although, what was it? Mankind Divided is the one that everybody hates? That's the newer one. Yeah, it was, that was mediocre. I'd say it's mediocre. That wasn't bad. It was this, the sin of mediocrity is that game's fault. Hmm? Right, sort of like Final Fantasy VIII, a game that's that's halfway decent, but for Final Fantasy, it was just this massive letdown. Yeah, because it was coming off of Seven, which everybody loved for some reason, but and it was had like a lot of really poor like plot contrivances. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. But if it had, if it had had any other name other than Final Fantasy. Um, I think it probably would have been much more well received than it was. Possibly, there were a lot of dime a dozen PlayStation RPGs back then. A lot, a lot. <laughs> that's understating it. I was gonna say that's putting that mild. The amount of RPGs that came out on the PSX. Oh yeah. And and you can you can thank Final Fantasy for that because mm-hmm. if everybody remembers the Super Nintendo, right? Super Nintendo had Final Fantasy, and so there are a ton of. RPGs that actually got released in the United States for it, and then Square Enix decides to go with Sony on the next generation, and so you get all the cool RPGs on PlayStation. Follow the leader. Well, that was really my deciding factor between get going for an N64 and a PlayStation at the time was, okay, PlayStation's got Final Fantasy, so I'm going to get a PlayStation, so I never... I never bought an N64, which in hindsight was the right answer, because I probably only would have played, like, ocarina of time and a handful of other games for it the n64 was the first system i bought with my own money likewise that was a bad decision (laughs) not for me but for different i had i had reasons why that was a success you know i was there were there was four players playing the n64 at most days during this lifespan of my place it was always a party at his place yeah 
Yeah, and then if you had like Mario Party or um, GoldenEye or uh, Excite Byte 64, which is actually one of my favorite N64 games, is Excite Byte 64. But or you know, World Tour Revenge. Those are great. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah. Those are definitely but, favorites. Uh, yeah, Nintendo back then though, being the only the only company that would put four controller ports on the front of the console. You know, back back in the days, you know, when you didn't have wireless controllers. And they, I don't know, so people didn't even know that the PlayStation One had a multi-tap, so it was, it was a good advantage for the system. But you know, it just felt like there was, in the era of the RPG, they failed, and that was like the deciding blow against them. I think a lot of it too is they did take the Final Fantasy formula, right? Is have a have a very good rpg un under underneath but uh jazz it up with a bunch of fmbs that you can only really do on the playstation it definitely made it look a lot cooler than it was on the other system i mean for the time at least the fmbs were cool looking even if they are if you look at them now still pretty bad final fantasy 8 has a pretty good graphical fidelity it actually still looks decent it still has some of my favorite my favorite uh, FMV cutscenes of all time. Oh, yeah. Like the the intro to Final Fantasy VIII plus that uh, Arx Fatalis, I think is the name of the the song. Oh my god, Liberi Fatali. Oh yeah, Liberi Fatali. Yeah, yeah. That, oh my god. Was, I don't. Like, I he... I melt whenever I see Quistus give that sigh. I melt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays the game for about fifteen minutes and he gets what he wants out of it, and then he never has to play it again. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, uh, Dylan, are we playing anything interesting? Well, you know, as as I've sat here and you know said, oh, I never played that game. Oh, you guys are talking about that game. I never played that. So finally, uh, on, on my stream about last week, I finally finished the original Red Dead Redemption for the first time, and uh, yes. got some great clips on that one, especially, Zeph, your clip of that guy who, like, got shot out of a cannon somehow. <laughs> the slip and slide? Yeah, yeah, exactly, the slip and slide. You can check, yeah, you can check it out on my channel. It's a great clip, but uh, great game. I loved it. Um, I didn't see, though, why everybody said, oh, it's the the this game is amazing until like the last hour and i don't know if we can spoil old games on this channel but the 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 last hour you know it ended the way you thought it was gonna end but then it threw a hook at you that was like oh my god that's that's the greatest thing i've ever seen because i'd never seen that happen before in a video game well that uh, redemption is what like wow it's ten, almost 10 years almost old 10 years yeah. old yeah. yeah getting on an age yeah. yeah, I think it's free to spoil that one. Like, I think yeah, most we, people yeah, have, probably... have at least seen the ending of it. Like, I haven't finished playing through the main story, but I knew about the ending a long time ago. So, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't. I was able to stay away from it. the 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 fact, like, you know, you know, there's no there's no doubt in anybody's mind that the feds are going to turn on John Marston, right? You know, it's going to happen. And so when it does happen, it's not much of a surprise, but then when you get to play as his son and get revenge on the guy who killed your dad, it's like, all right, that's the coolest shit ever. Right. And then you could, and then you can kill, you can still go around as Jacob Marston and finish all of the stuff that uh, you left from the original game. And I thought that was a great, uh, as a great way to get the uh, replay value out of the game without having to 
do what a lot of games do and back you up like at the last mission before the ending so that you can go around and, and clean up. Final Fantasy 15 is guilty of that one. <laughs> they e they even bake it into the uh, the later chapters, so it's not even like, oh, you finish the game, uh, go back. You can just go back at any point after you leave the open worlds. So it was it was not elegant. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, I I get it for the story they were they were trying to tell, but. Uh... Yeah, I'd, it was awkward, but on the other hand, could you imagine if you couldn't go back? Yeah, yeah. that would be bad. Like, I need to see Dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys listened to uh, previous episodes, but Joe over here made one of the best uh, observations about Final Fantasy XV, where he said it was like two divorced parents arguing for <laughs> custody of the child. Won the story, won the gameplay. <laughs> Fair characterization. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Work hard on that analogy, so I'm glad yeah. Andre likes it. Andre doesn't like much stuff I do, so when he gets yeah. the phrase, I know he means it. I have to be the straight man to him because right. otherwise he goes just goes all over the place. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy 15 is one of those games that I really enjoyed playing, and but now I look back at it and go, why did I put the time into platinum, getting the platinum <laughs> trophy on that game? Got the platinum on it as well. I I actually thoroughly enjoyed the game. I mean, I, I'm not going to say here that it was flawless or anything like that. It has a whole lot of flaws, but I enjoyed my time with it. Oh, with it, no, I completely agree. Um, it, was, it was a great game. It's just, it's like, did I really have to go through and grind all that stuff to get the platinum? Yes. <laughs> okay, Roger. <laughs> yes, you did. You had yeah. to do it. Um, man, I'm really glad you played uh, Red Dead. Red, Red Dead is a game that actually means a lot to uh, this podcast. So, uh, you actually, you know what, here, here's, here's something, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Everybody on this podcast still worked for Anonymous Video Game Retailer, currently. Time. Yeah. Right? So, including our two new guests, they both also worked for Anonymous Video Game Retailer. Is that a fact? Indeed. We're sticking yes, to indeed. the theme! All yep. right! <laughs> we made it. So, uh, in case you two didn't know... The reason we are called the 4205 cast is because that was our store number at Anonymous Video Game Retailer. It all comes together now. Yes, it does. So uh, we were among the uh, top 1% in the country in Red Dead Reserves. We were the vanguard for that game. We were, wow. we were, we were the zeitgeist for Red Dead Redemption. I mean, given your location, yeah. I, I can understand, right? Well, it's not so simple. We were a mall store that had two other uh, beep, two other anonymous <laughs> video game retailers. Hey, I gave you some work to do in editing. No problem. Timestamp it. Do you guys have some sort of NDA or something with anonymous video game retailer? Uh, we just don't or... like to mention that we work there by name, so that if we want to rip them, we can, as long as it's not directly related to what we were doing. I could talk to you about the legal ramifications about that offline. Just remember the phrase actual mal oh wait, everyone has actual malice against anonymous video game retailer. Never mind. Uh I mean, you know what? It's it's all right. Uh I don't think any of us left on really poor terms. No. You Although know, I did. Our Maybe store <laughs> our store was closed because as I mentioned, there were three 
uh, of them in our mall and ours was a an acquisition converted store yep I've, I, uh, there was a mall back back home in uh, birmingham alabama that had the same thing it yeah. had one of each <laughs> and uh the uh the store that was acquired had paid a lot of money to get the uh a competing spot next to the uh original store so when the acquisition happened now they're paying a lot of rent for to basically compete with themselves so once that lease ran out they were just like man we're gonna close the store even though it's actually the best store in the mall close the store yeah, you would think you would do a little bit of looking at the books and figure out which one is making the most money and keep that one open. It's funny. We made the most money, but we didn't make the most profit because of our because of the lease. Ah, uh, okay. Now, in my pro in, in my store, it was shrink. Oh, we had uh, we didn't have shrink. I had, had that on lock. Oh no, we had like our like the best employee there, and was like the last one to get fired, and we found out later he was the one that was ganking everything. Ah, there it is. It's always it's always the best employee. Yeah, no, he really was. I mean, I was I was management, and uh, I was like, man, this is this is our this is like our best guy, and he really was. But uh, yeah, it turned out he was he was ganking stuff and taking him across town to to sell it. But no, I got fired for going to the emergency room. Believe it or not. I believe that. I believe it too because they almost fired me for going to my grandmother's funeral. Yeah. Yeah, they, they their their excuse was that I left and left the keys to the store in the hands of someone who was not an authorized key holder. So, I actually had my dad come pick me up and take me to the ER. This person that I let that wasn't a quote-unquote authorized key holder was like it was like this woman in her mid thirties who had been working there for like three years, but only worked on the weekends just because she liked doing it. It's like, if there's anybody, any of the employees there who it would have been okay to leave the keys with, it was her, but they were just because of the shrink problem. They were looking for any reason to fire everybody. Yeah. Terrible. All right. What about you, TJ? Are you uh, up to anything interesting? Well, you TJ. know how I, He's yeah. Joe. He's Joe. There we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're online. You know, that's how we refer to each other. I don't know. I go by four different names online. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've, a lot of uh, a lot of these games that I was playing in early access are starting to roll out into their full versions. So here comes Dead Cells now. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're 1-0. And they hit me with a nice troll of like, we're, we've deleted all your save data. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting ahead of the curve on this game. You're welcome. I'm like, um, all right, whatever. <laughs> Turns out they didn't actually delete my save data. It's all still there, so <laughs> I'm thankful for that. I just lied to you. Because, who boy, did I put a lot of work into that game? They swerved you. They did. They swerved me. <laughs> for a second there, I thought it was that whole. Well, we want everybody to start out on the same page and don't want anyone to have an advantage. Yeah. Like, you know, socialism. <laughs> Dead Cells has that kind of thing. I don't know if that's really <laughs> socialism, though. Kinda? Whatever. <laughs> there's, no, is, there's no collective. Bottom line is my stuff was stolen, which is good and bad because, you know, I have unlocked everything. And by everything, I mean even the bad stuff. <laughs> but, you know, they, they sort of streamlined it along the way. Uh, I hadn't played it in a few months. Uh, skipped a couple of updates and decided to jump back in with this new one to see what it was like. 
uh, some differences I've noticed is that previously uh, they introduced a tier where you would upgrade items to like individual levels. They could go up to like a, this item. They could have like a bow, and this would be bow plus, and they'd be bow plus plus, and they would have better stats, but do more have more abilities, do more damage, have like an upgrade attached to them. And previously, you would have to individually upgrade each one to each of these levels. But now what they did was that they condensed it into one big bar where you upgrade everything all at once, and everything has a percentage chance to be upgraded, and it does cap at 100. So you'll have a guaranteed leveled-up drop rate of all your items now, which makes runs a lot better because... You know, not in addition to having just bad weapons in the game, you'd never upgrade the bad weapons, so they would drop and they'd be bad, and that's be your weapon for the whole run. Now, at least you get an upgraded version of the bad weapons, making runs a lot better. Um, game hasn't changed really all that much, it still, uh, still plays the same, functions the same, everything is still the way it was, kind of an early access. The, um, the biggest change came like a couple of patches ago mm -hmm. where they you know, broke up the weapons into categories and they made you level up per category instead of just generically. Once they found that, then there, was, there wasn't much else for them to do. Right, but I'm talking about, like, the core gameplay elements, like the run, jump, and slash stuff. Like, that hasn't changed mechanically since I started playing. So, which is fine, because that game runs very smoothly and it's very comfortable. It's, uh... Yeah. There's little things that Dead Cells does that is nice like you don't take damage from just walking into an enemy That's oh thank god they, yeah. <laughs> they have to be actually attacking you oh but don't worry you'll take you'll take plenty of damage from stupid nonsense oh i'm sure but that was just one thing i remember growing up and i used to i used to i still remember to this day i was like i preteen and i'm like why is it that every time i play a game the enemies are coated with a special poison that just touching them you know harms my character they don't have to actually attack him right aren't you more powerful shouldn't you be killing them yeah i'm sorry i bumped into you house cat in the tree why are you in a tree back then we didn't question that nonsense yeah we didn't <laughs> it was just acceptable it was so you know they added like an end level and i have yet to actually complete a run mostly because i am still playing on like hard difficulty just so I can continue upgrading stuff. Just like upgrading tiers is locked behind difficulty level. And it can get a bit punishing. Which, you know, that's that's fair, right? You know, yeah. if you want the really good stuff, of course, then then you have something like what they did with uh, God of War 2018, where I platinum the damn game and then they announce we're gonna have a new game plus. I'm like, I already played through it the second time, goddammit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> So I'm getting back onto that. I sort of pushed Enter the Gungeon a little bit on the wayside now because I'm sort of reminded, like things are popping up and reminding me of what I didn't like about the game. As they, couldn't, my, they couldn't hide as, it forever, huh? As, as my goals get loftier and loftier, it, it gets harder and harder to actually do them. And that's, you know, that's, that's understandable. I mean, that's going to happen, you know? But... They do a lot of stuff where, like, if you don't take damage, you get rewarded for it. And you and that what it sounds like it's rewarding you for good play, but it's actually punishing you for taking a hit. You know, because 
you take like a single point of damage and and that's it the reward is just gone it doesn't yeah. reduce it it doesn't like let you get like give you a consolation prize and the game gets significantly harder if you don't do any of that yeah and so, so what it does it, what it does too in that situation is it makes you like play scared yeah which is i i get it's the point i get it um but you know give me a little slack you know i mean i've been I, I I I've cleared all the characters through stage five, but I just cannot get through stage six because it's it's way too punishing at that point. You by then you've burned through a lot of your resources, and they don't and they don't give you anything to recover in that part of the game. So it's it's really hard. So I sort of I, I put that aside for a minute and jumped on Dead Cells because of the update. Also, Dead Cells to get back to what Dylan said. Does a very good job of making you not play scared. Yeah, in Dead Cells, you just sort of just plow into stuff. You're jumping, you're rolling, you're falling really fast. Sometimes gets, uh, that pit of spikes. That's like, oh, how did I? How would I have known that was there? You get that's the speed a, buff for killing a whole bunch of enemies. Yeah, it, that's, that that's the one that rewards you for being aggressive, and I I, I like that. Yeah, in the uh, in that plagiarized review, that was one of the things that, that that it was talking about was how you never feel like you have to save your best attacks. But speaking of that plagiarized review, did they not only fired the guy who plagiarized, but they had to like go back and they found like multiple reviews of his that had essentially been copied. Deadlines are a bitch. Yeah, they scrubbed him off that site entirely. They got scrubbed, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very appropriate for stuff that he did. I don't. I don't know how you think you can get away with plagiarizing on the internet. It's yeah, <laughs> but but clearly he did for quite some time. It yeah. took um, what was it, Boomstick Gaming, to to notice it and and complain about it because if it was if they like scrubbed him completely and had to go pull off some of his other reviews, he was clearly getting away with it for quite some time. Unbelievable, but yeah, it's it's almost unfathomable. Like you can't do anything as a public figure on the internet and have it be in obscurity. Everybody knows it and nobody forgets it. So the idea that he was able to get away with this for so long is astounding to me. I mean, and you could you could run the, the common line of, well, this is a big company, like unnamed video game website that, uh, that can get away with it because they're so big and they're stealing from the little guys who may not have a voice. But I think this whole situation kind of belies that point the little guy won here and won huge definitely yeah it, it just goes to show just how in the social media age and the age where everybody has an image just how much that image means you know because people start raining down public opinion just 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 doesn't go in your favor and then suddenly you know you lose a lot of business because of it yeah, yeah and I, I think i think igm made the right call Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's like, what more could you expect IGN to do here? They took down the review. They apologized for it. They fired the guy. They scrubbed. They they deleted him from existence on their website. Right. So right. For, yeah, fortunately for IGN, uh, pretty much everybody seems to be placing all the blame onto this one person, and not to you know, IGN management in general. Although, who's to say? Maybe that was a Maybe that was a corporate mandate, but if it was, maybe that probably would have been in his apology note, you know? 
Well, that that would have been that would have been one of the dumbest corporate mandates ever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at I mean, but you know, you think about that. I mean, look at look at guys like Brian Williams from NBC who, like, he makes like three or four. Granted, they were absolutely outlandish claims, but you know, NBC is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, network news site at all. I'm like, dude, you're fired. Get out of here. You know, yeah. he can't get away with that shit for too long. <laughs> course now he's on like msnbc at midnight yeah well they, still they, has a job so they didn't uh fire him they suspended him right yeah and they relegated him to like msnbc yeah well one thing at, i can say midnight. for sure one thing i can say for sure is that whole, this whole fiasco you know benefited only one thing and that one thing deserved it and that's dead cells <laughs> it gave a lot more attention to a very good yeah. game so you know what mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I would have heard about it without without the controversy. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, considering picking it up. It was Andre who told me about it. Was that was you who clued me into that, right? Yeah, definitely. I told you that you need to play this game. Mm-hmm. I, when I saw it in early access last year. Yeah. Before it was anywhere near as refined as it is now, I was like, yeah. this game, they got a lot of good things going on in this game. Yeah, and it panned out. It's very good, and I highly recommend this game. And uh, it seems my my game of the year, 2016, 2017, <laughs> 2018, is going to drop next month. We're only going to get version 1.0 of CrossCode. So, <laughs> can't wait. Uh, well, hopefully it's better than Wizard of Elward. Legend. Legend of Elward. <laughs> well, I got, a, I got a couple more weeks of my vacation. I'm trying to teach some people how to play fighting games. Still. Still, including Phantom Ryu. <clears throat> oh, oh, please! Oh, Phantom Ryu took some rounds <laughs> off me yesterday. Okay, rounds. We were like dead even, <laughs> like on matches. I, I I finished up the Super Turbo up on you by yeah. one. Yeah, you were you were whooping me in ST. I'm just, I like I like trying to teach people how to play, but it can be really frustrating. And like I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, wow, this is a different kind of salt. This is the disappointed other people kind of salt. You, you should I like be this used to that, right? <laughs> you all... <laughs> right? As, as somebody in the teaching profession? Yes, I am very used to it. But there's something, there's something though, with fighting games, though, particularly with Street Fighter and you know, older Street Fighters when fireballs were much, so, much more powerful, that you, you've got to get past this attitude and i'm going to sound like david serlin and 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 seth killian here but you've got to have have people unlearn this idea that certain things are quote-unquote cheap yeah my friend got a new controller and she was like this feels like cheating and i'm like it's not cheating if you can get what you want when you need it it's not cheating. yeah yeah that's the same thing that's why i tell people you know what they're like why do you use a stick i'm like because i grew up in the arcades and i can't get these moves on a pad it just doesn't happen Mm -hmm. Yeah. So play whatever you're comfortable with. Pick a top tier. That's Go right, Sanford it. Kelly. <laughs> Pick, Pick a top, top tier. tier. Pick a top tier. Don't even worry about it. Play what you like. Play what you like. That's right. Th- chuck that plasma. <laughs> yeah, but then then you know you get uh, Problem X winning Evo with Bipson. Like nobody thought that guy was top tier. Like remotely top tier. Maybe high mid, but not top. Well, you don't ha- like you don't have to win with top tier characters. I think was it um Luffy did it with Rose in in four and yep Rose was considered mediocre and I think even after that until Luffy won yeah, Luffy, <laughs> until Luffy won and even after like 
yeah, she's a little mediocre, but you know what? She can win tournaments. Yeah, same thing with Ryu and Super Turbo. Yeah. Like nobody considered him top tier, but you know, Daigo and Choi and uh, you know, some of the other guys were winning with him. Right, because he was like Ryu was the character that exemplified what the mechanics of Street Fighter were based around. So he had that going from yeah, and then what the frick happened to him in in Street Fighter Five? Good well, he, lord! He was, he was okay at launch. Yeah, he was all right at launch. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know at don't launch. Know, yeah, I don't know what it was. Like playing Street Fighter Five now, it doesn't feel as good, even as good as it did at launch. Just like all the hitboxes seem even shorter than they used to. They nerfed a lot of hitboxes because people yeah. were complaining about anti-air jabs and stuff. Yeah, but they, yeah, they, they, they fixed anti-air yeah, jabs. I, not not. Not neutral footsies. Footsies feel so bad in that game. Yeah, it that is the the main uh, the main criticism of Street Fighter V is that you cannot play defensive in that game. the The top tier characters like Ibuki and Kami and Akuma are the ones who have all the best buttons, all the best rush down. Mm-hmm. And even Guile got rushed down in in Street Fighter V. It's like who'd have thought? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm a defensive player at heart, so that's why I never really clicked with Street Fighter V. Yeah, I, I identified it pretty quick because I'm not going to be good at this game at all. Maybe I can get you to teach these people some defense because that's where I'm really <laughs> struggling to. That's where I'm really struggling to teach these guys. I'm like, in the month I've been playing, I'm like, you know what, guys? I've never thrown each of you a single time. I want you to think about what that means. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. The, like the number one rule that you have to teach newbies is stop jumping. Yes. <laughs> Right. The number two rule is throw is always an option. Yeah. Well, I have to t- I have to get them to stop always pushing buttons. Yeah. Don't push yeah. buttons. Don't push. Sometimes not pushing buttons is the best option. Especially yeah. in five, because five is built all around punishes and shimmies and crush counters. That's why I'm not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'll uh, I'll get anniversary collection and boot up Super Turbo and give you a little bit of Vega. You will not. No, I will I, not. I'm calling it out. You will not do that. <laughs> I'm not. Super I'm not bad at Vega Super Turbo. Yeah, but you also will never play another fighting game. This I'm sure about. And you know, maybe maybe casually for for this dude once or twice. All right. Well, speaking of things you are playing, did we get to you? No, I am. I had basically finished up the uh, eight stories of Octopath, and uh, that game just kind of puts you into a state of I don't know what I should do next after I finish these eight stories. Like you finish the stories and then that's it. You just keep playing and there's no epilogue or anything. And you kinda have to find the quote unquote last dungeon. So I found it and uh I'm pretty much ready to go, but I'm mostly just level grinding right now because I haven't really felt the urge to go into it. Yeah, I can, so, yeah, I can understand that. It it was like um anybody ever played Dark Chronicle, aka Dark Cloud 2? I skipped that one. Uh, it's a fantastic it's a fantastic game, but uh it's it's actually I think Sleepy Frow's favorite game. But uh it's similar to that. There's the main story that, that you get, and then there's a bonus chapter, but you have to do so much grinding um to get through that bonus chapter that uh it's almost not worth it. I said almost. It's sort of worth it if it's good. 
Oh, it, it it's good. I mean, the whole game is so basically take uh, it's kind of like Diablo in that it has randomly gener generated dungeons, but then take like a vagrant story style weapon upgrade system. Um, I think I think vagrant story is the game I'm thinking of. Yeah, but, probably uh, is. But uh, it's it's a fantastic game. It's very cutesy. It's very cutesy, but not like Kingdom Hearts cutesy, right? I I really enjoyed it. If it's a if you can put ninety a hundred hours into it if you want to, but I I highly recommend it if you guys need one of those type of games that you can sink forever into. It's a PlayStation oh. Two game. It's available on PS Four. Um, it's really good. I think eventually I might need one of those again. I just know I have options. Yeah, yeah, we all do. We all do until Elder Scrolls Six comes out. <laughs> that won't be one of my options at all. Well, we've had we've had problems with Elder Scrolls dating back to Daggerfall. So, Vengeance. and, and you, Dylan, you actually, Dylan here likes likes his Elder Scrolls for the most part. For the most part, the the cast here is not exactly friendly toward it. For the most part. I love me some Elder Scrolls. What I mean, I don't want to retread under over things that you may have covered on a previous podcast, but what's 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 number one? What's the big reason why not? Uh very mile wide angle deep. Mile wide angle deep, yeah. It's a fairly shallow. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that means nothing. Same problem I have with like Fallout Three. Okay, so so I mean, I think Witcher Three is a better game than any of the Elder Scrolls games because I think everything in there at least had a story behind it. Yes, very dense, and it looked like they cared about it as they were making things in The Witcher. Whereas in uh, most Fallout, not Fallout, Elder Scrolls games, you just have the copy, same copy paste guard all over the place with the same story all over the place. That's fair. I think it's also applicable to the more recent Fallout games, so that was not a bad move. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I've, me, personally, I'm generally not a fan of what Bethesda has done with most of the, the uh, franchises they have control of. Outside of maybe Doom. Sure, no, that's, a fair, that's a fair criticism. Evil Within I, 2 is pretty good. To be fair, I've never played I'm not a big horror game guy. So I, I, won't, uh, I won't call him on that, because I'm not too... I haven't played it myself, so I wouldn't know. I mean, I'll call out Bethesda for uh, threatening to sue a guy who is trying to sell an unopened copy of The Evil Within, I think. Is it either Evil Within 1 or Evil Within 2? I believe so. It was 2. Yeah, he's trying to sell an unopened, still shrink-wrapped copy, and they threatened him with legal action because... Uh, he was selling it, a new game? Well, no, it was that he was selling it as new, but it wouldn't be covered by the warranty. So they would be misrepresent. He would be misrepresenting the sale. Is their legal argument? Great, great. Yeah, lawyer yeah, talk. Yeah. There we go. Providing Who, us with the facts. Who's got a? Who's got the legs in this one? Then, did you think that Bethesda um, actually has the right? So there's a there's a legal doctrine called the first sale doctrine. And what that means is that once you purchase a product, um, generally the the manufacturer of said product can no longer control what you do with that product afterwards. Now there there's certain exceptions, and there's some big exceptions to it. Cough, cough, Monsanto, but uh, but as a general rule, the the copyright owner can no 
can no longer control what you do with that product once you've purchased it. Um, you know, at, at the end, given their argument, the only thing he would have to do is change the listing for the product and say, never opened, no warranty included, and he would no longer be misrepresenting the sale. <laughs> Seems like a simple fix. It, Seems it, like they're going a little overboard for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, their argument is 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 not good. I don't like it, but to say that they have no case is, is, I don't know. It's one of those things like everything we do on Twitch right now, right? And all of these game plays on YouTube, you know that no court has ever decided that this is legal under copyright law, right? Right. So at all it would take would be one court decision and Twitch and YouTube gaming are over. And that's a, it's kind of a scary, scary situation we're living in now with the copyright holders now, you know, basically tolerating it, you know, we're in a great place, but all it's going to take is like for somebody to like sue Nintendo over what they do on YouTube. And that could start a, that could start a, a cascade of decisions that would be really bad for the situation that we have now. Well, Dylan, I'm going to need you to team up with ultra David uh, create the uh, ultimate lawyer tandem and fight this for us. We could try. I uh, we I missed the chance to do commentary with him on uh, at final round fourteen when I was there. But uh, yeah, that'd be the the double lawyer team there. Great team. Two oh, X Phoenix right. That that's <laughs> actually a bad team. It's a bad team. <laughs> Hey, do you guys want to uh, talk about SummerSlam at all? The pre-show should be happening right now for the NXT thing, right? Uh, I don't remember if the NXT was starting in 8 Eastern or 7 Eastern. It's 7. And yeah, the pre-show is going on right now. All right. Well, we have about a half an hour or so to talk about SummerSlam. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we all want to watch NXT. Yeah. No, I mean, shit, I haven't watched NXT in forever. Not for... I, I don't know. I don't watch Raw or SmackDown either. I just read the reviews. I really only watch the pay-per-views. I think we're all in the same boat. Yeah, yeah I'm in that same boat. Yeah. I catch NXT on occasion, you know, the weekly shows. Yeah, but obviously we've got the um, got our picks up in my Discord right mm -hmm. now. I like some of our picks, some of our, our more specific occurrences for the, uh, for the events of the show. Yeah, so, you know, okay, so pre-show, do, do we want to just go through all the matches? I've got them all right here in front yeah, of me right now. Yeah, let's go ahead. You can, uh, yeah. you can take the lead on that. All right, so for the pre-show, you got uh, Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega versus Rusev and Lana. You know, one, does anybody really care? Because we all know Rusev keeps getting shot on, right? You know, Rusev... it's, 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 I care, but it, they make it hard for me to. Last month, Rusev was, was in the main event. He's in the pre-show now. Yeah, the, they're so inconsistent with him. Because uh, when he came in, he was beating up John, you know, he beat John Cena, and then, of course, John Cena got his revenge at WrestleMania. But uh, they just pulled up Almas from NXT not too long ago. He hasn't really had a marquee match that I can really think of now. I, I think they're really high on him. Yeah. And I, I just, I think... 
particularly if they do some chicanery with um, Aiden English, it, it'll make Rusev look strong and he can still take the loss. Also, is Rusev officially a face now? Because the crowd has been treating him as a face, but they keep booking, booking him as a heel. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure if the whole pulling the trigger on the Rusev Day thing is passed, but it feels like it has, <sighs> and that's a shame. I agree. I mean, they had they had something that, you know, it's not like Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement, which was never going to be stopped. Yeah. It was something that they, at the, if they had caught it at a point in time, and milked it. They could have gotten something out of it, but I, I I agree with I agree with TJ. I think uh, or Joe, but that uh, everyone's going to make that mistake. Everybody, well, they know me as TJ first, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they have bad excuse. excuse. I have no excuse. Yeah, no excuse. <laughs> I'm just bad at this. Who do you got winning this match? Yeah, I'm looking at our picks, and we have all picked Almas and Vega. Yeah. Yeah. I do not see them. I do not see them losing this. You know, Almas is on his way up still. Rusev, even if he loses, he's still gonna have the crowd. Let's be honest; he doesn't need the win. True, absolutely, and that's a that's a fantastic point. Well, most of the people watching won't even see it. True, it's <laughs> that's true too. Uh, it's true. I mean, that, that's right. a that's a good way to give Vega um uh, Vega almost the win and not not really hurt Rusev is just have nobody see it. <laughs> that is also Very true. <laughs> so moving on to the cruiserweight championship match, Cedric Alexander versus Andrew Gulak. Um, because I haven't watched 205 live um ever, um, <laughs> I don't really I don't really know anything about this. I have heard I picked Alexander, but I have heard that Alexander's had the cruiserweight title for a while, so it may be time for him to drop it, but I did pick Alexander. Thoughts? I, I too also carry the sin of not having watched 205 Live lately. Um, I used to watch it all the time. Uh, I think since they, I haven't watched it religiously since they kicked Enzo out of the company. So, and his I, consensual penis. So, oh gosh. <laughs> oh no. So yeah, that's. I mean, say what you will, but it's not because Enzo left the company that I don't watch it anymore. I'll just. I'll, I'll put that out there, but yeah. Um, I think because Cedric Alexander has had this for a long time and back when I was watching Drew Gulak was pretty much the most entertaining part of that show week after week. But he's um, not, he's not PowerPoint presentation Gulak not, anymore. Not PowerPoint presentation Gulak yeah, took anymore. took that away from him. Yeah. But I always liked him and I think, you know, Putting the title on him would be a good move. So I'm going to pick him for this one. Uh, I picked Cedric Alexander to keep it because I just, I don't really feel like uh, Black was presented as much of a threat for most of what I was watching. Uh, I mean, now that he is no longer PowerPoint Gulak and they are presenting him a little bit more seriously, he is, but it just doesn't feel like the time and this doesn't feel like the opponent to take the belt off of Alexander. I think that's a fair characterization. Yeah, I picked Gulak uh, just because he's kind of like the anti-205 live. You typically think of the High Flyers, and his gimmick, to my knowledge right now, is the anti-air campaign. Now, that, that, is, that is something I liked about him, is that he was a cruiserweight, but he was um, you know, very almost shoot 
almost like you know strong style not not the same flashiness as strong style but you know what i mean kind of uh his stuff looks stiff and it looks like he's uh you know and he stays grounded is considering that everybody in the the cruiserweight champ the cruiserweight tournament almost everybody i should say was flying all over the place uh drew gulak was definitely one of the people that you looked at and said wow this guy's just different yeah there's something to be said for that and yeah, the mix stand out which is pretty good for you know you need a balance and he seems to be the biggest proponent of not being a high flyer yeah. in that uh, division everybody can be doing flippy shit all the time otherwise it devalues it Exactly. Right. All right, so on the main card, we've got 11 matches on the main card. 11. Show. Infinite it's gonna, show. Yeah. It's going to be about five hours, I think they said. Yeah, and it's, this is just, all right, I got it, WWE. It's you know It would be different if it weren't four hours plus every month. You know, if it were your big four and they kept your big four to four or five hours, I think we could forgive that. But every month, they're just trying to give everything a spotlight on the on the pay-per-view. That being said, first match we got here is Balor versus Corbin. I picked Balor, but does anybody care? Man, I love me Finn Balor, but they have not made him look good at all in over a year. Yeah, ever since his injury, they haven't really had him do anything aside from a couple matches with the Demon, with one of them being removed when Bray got injured. When thankfully that was probably the best thing for that situation to not happen. That oh my a, god, that, that was bad. That whole section was bad. And yet this guy was the first ever Universal Champion. I feel like he deserved it too. Oh, absolutely. He's a fantastic in-ring performer. Is he? But is he a a symptom of Vince McMahon likes big sweaty men? Is that the problem that he's just not big enough for Vince? You think Vince would get behind him because he's an Irishman? And like that was that was like the the whole reason they wanted to push Drew McIntyre, right? Is he Scottish? Even though he's not Irish, but you know, yeah, Vinnie Mac. Who knows? Yeah, now now Jixon, uh Chris, you picked Corbin in this one. You're the only one of us who picked Corbin. Why is that? I did. Uh Corbin with the gimmick change and shaving his head, which was a fantastic move by him. Uh has been quite good at what he's doing now. And he lost the previous month to Balor, and it seems that he should get the win back. And they're gonna fifty fifty it. Right. And possibly come up with a third one with like a gimmick match in the, at the next pay-per-view or a couple months from now. I thought this was their third match. I thought they had done... I thought uh, Bal- Corbin won the first one on Raw, Balor won the second one on Raw, and this is the third one, I thought. They have had a couple of other... I don't think it's been one-on-one, but they've okay. been involved in other matches together. Yes. But I think on pay-per-views, they try and keep it somewhat consistent, where it's closer to a 50-50, unless they're trying to bury a particular person. It's true, but that's, you know, again, this is one of those matches that just people just don't seem to care about no, it's uh, hard, because it's the, hard to see the, the build has been lot. terrible. I mean, it's hard to see a reason to care about a lot of these matches. You know, they yes. don't devote a whole lot of time to them, but some of them too much. Yeah, at first it was three hour raws are too long because right. you, you know, you just, it's too much stuff and too much filler. Now WWE's got so many people on the roster that you almost don't have enough time to fit everybody in. 
Yeah, no, B team versus Revival. This is pretty unanimous here. Everybody thinks the B teams win in this one. Revival, and has that makes done. that makes me sad. Like, right. I, yeah. I, I, my heart says Revival, but my head says B team. I agree Absolutely. with that. And that's exactly where I was going to go. Is that Revival? If anybody saw them in NXT, they are probably one of the best tag teams in the business right now. And to see what how they've been treated since they've been on Raw is a little shameful. Mm-hmm. They're another victim of. Oh yeah, the, definitely NXT, the, the NXT the main roster demotion. Like that exactly. of pain. Where are they? Yeah. Like when when they All came the back pain, from uh, one of them being injured, they got the uh, they got the commercial break entrance. You know, they got yeah. the already in the ring coming back from commercial break entrance. Yeah, that hurts. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely a victim and, of the uh, the injury thing that hit Balor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And maybe that's it. Maybe they want these guys to prove that they can uh, stick around and and not be injury prone. But uh, speaking of guys that generally haven't been injured, with the exception of uh, Eric Harper, who was out for a while, Bludgeon Brothers and New Day, I think we're all on board that uh, it's not time to take the the straps off of the Bludgeon Brothers no, yet. There's no. no, there's really no reason for that right now. It doesn't make any sense. They need if to make the Bludgeon Brothers look even stronger. Yes, there is. There is no. There is no momentum behind the Bludgeon Brothers besides having the titles right now. I, it doesn't make sense for them to lose it. Although they might surprise us with something, so I don't. Awesome. I don't see. I don't see it happening though. I don't either. And I love yeah. the due day. You know, they're entertaining as hell. Again, they're one of those people. They don't need the belt. They That's don't need exactly the win. Exactly what I was about to say. They're they're to the point where they just don't need it anymore. Yeah, we've probably seen our last New Day Championship ring, to be honest. Unless it's yeah, a singles thing, it's true. They could they could pull the whole. I would I, you know I wouldn't mind seeing them like with two mid card titles plus the uh, plus the tag team tag team, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that ship has probably sailed. I want to skip the next match for now, and because it's going to be important later. So let's talk about Nakamura v- versus Jeff Hardy. Unfortunately. If if you know that Jeff Hardy has got some injury issues with his lower back now, it's hard to see him winning this match at all. Yeah, and even if he wasn't both injured, the both it, the Hardys are like, yeah, both the Hardys are injured. Matt's yeah. out fully because he's he may be done completely. Exactly. Uh, even if it, if he, even if he wasn't injured, I can't even see why they would have Nakamura drop the belt one month after he got it. I would particularly. Agree with that. And particularly after he had what three chances against AJ and lost, um, you he needs a long U.S. title reign to to reestablish himself. Um, of course, I don't know how much longer he's got. You know, he is forty forty one. So, but uh, I, I I don't see them not keeping the belt on him for a while. I just, I just want them to pivot into Nakamura versus uh, Daniel Bryan so that Nakamura can get what he wanted. So uh, I feel like he should keep the title just for that. <laughs> right, they still have this. They still have to pull the trigger on the Miz and Daniel. Bryan. I really wish they had built that more. <clears throat> oh, you should have seen. Did you not see the video package that they put up? This I week? did see it. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean Brian versus Miz. As uh, you know, I watched uh, Brian Zane's Wrestling with Regret predictions on this, and uh, you know what he said: this is probably the best 
build for a match that WWE has done in probably the past eight to 10 years. And half of it's been on accident. Actually, I was about to say, that whole thing is an accident. It's funny because this this really does have history. And it's like you look at, uh, I don't know how much uh, of New Japan that you two watch or keep in contact with, but you watch what they did with Okada and uh, and Kenny Omega for so long that they're telling this story for years almost. It's um, it just it just goes to show you the power of long term booking, which they refuse to do. Except but, here, I mean, like you said, they did it by accident, but they got it. They got mm-hmm. a, a, an eight year long story right. on SummerSlam. But do they refuse to do it, or do, do they? believe that the Japanese market has the appetite for long-term booking and Americans are too ADHD to follow along with it. I can't answer that. There's probably because merit. I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of both. I think there definitely is merit to what you're saying. We we like our stuff to come immediately. We want instant gratification and then 15 minutes later we're done with it. Right, because as soon as... Uh... You know, as soon as people get moved up from NXT, we're like, when are they going to be the world champion? Right? Yeah. At this point, it'd be like, when are they going to be on television? Well, I I got it. I got it. They've really, they've really borked up a lot of NXT call-ups, but that was the, you know, that was the thing. Like, all right, because, you know, as soon as Samoa Joe got on the main roster, like, oh, why isn't he the world champion? And I get it. Samoa Joe has a different history I've got with TNA and all that, but, uh, We'll talk about Samoa Joe in a minute, but I think as far as Brian versus Miz goes, I picked Brian. We all picked Brian. Yeah, that's pretty but, unanimous. But what I mean, they've got this match. There's no title on the line right now. Isn't there something to be said for letting Miz take and like heal into a win somehow? And then later on, Miz wins a championship. And then Brian comes back to win the championship off of Miz. I like the idea, but you know what? I honestly don't see them uh, <laughs> succeeding in the long-term uh, storytelling of this. Yeah, which, which goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Plus, I don't know that they have faith that Brian can stay injury-free. There's, there's that too. And like, okay, it, it goes into this whole short-term booking thing, you know? This thing has been building for a while and they did this by accident. And now that it's possible, it's like it's almost happening right away. They're not continuing the story that it could happen. It's like, okay, now finally we can put the cap on this. Let's do it now. So I, that's, how, that's how I feel that they're, they're doing here. They're just going to you know, wrap it up, put a bow on it, get it done, move on. You know? Yeah, I think I – think- and that's one of the reasons I picked Brian is because one, I don't have faith in the, in the ability of long-term booking. And two, I don't, I think that WWE and particularly Vince are not confident that Brian can, even though he's been cleared, they're not confident yet that he can stay healthy. Right. And they want to give the fans the, 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 the feel good moment. He also, he also has a contract yeah, coming up. In a few months, he might not even be here anyway. So, um, I read something the other day said that he was uh, it looked like he was, in fact, going to reach. It's likely, you know, but it's still not impossible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Moving on, Ziggler and Rollins. This is an interesting yeah, one. This is a point um, of contention for us. Yeah, because everybody but you, uh, Joe, says uh, says Ziggler. But uh, 
You say Rollins. I say Rollins. And the reason I say Rollins is because of the reintroduction of Dean Ambrose. Yep. So uh, once um, this is the, and this is contingent on uh, Brock Lesnar. Well, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. This is contingent on Brock Lesnar dropping the title, which I fully believe will happen to, like at this event. Um, I think once that happens, Seth Rollins will move on to that tier. Yeah, I think I think Seth Rollins will sort of like be built up to move to that tier with an intercontinental feud with Dean Ambrose. Right? Yeah, a lot of people are saying Ambrose is going to turn heel here. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I think maybe WWE might want to keep uh, Ziggler and not Ziggler Rollins and Ambrose together that way once Reigns wins the championship they can be the shield again and maybe deflect some of the booze off of Roman Reigns as the champ there is that um but I also don't I don't feel like that particular tag division really needs that and if they don't do that then what else can they really do with that faction it's a fair point. Anybody else have any strong opinions on Ziggler Rollins? Because I picked Ziggler just because um, I just don't know what else they're going to do with Ziggler if he doesn't stay the IC champ. You see, that that was the moment of hesitation I had. That was that yeah. was the moment of hesitation that almost made me pick Ziggler. I just I just see it in my head happening a different way. So my idea was that Ziggler was going to retain because of a disqualification, but it was going to be because uh, Drew McIntyre wants the title mm, yeah, that's no, entirely that's possible a, too that's yeah absolutely and that would that would definitely fit his character and then he gets to turn he gets to turn semi baby face and say look you know you you helped me get back here but you've been holding me down the entire time i thought it was supposed to be for me but you've been stealing the spotlight yada 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 that that would that would i think drew mcintyre works best when he's got an axe to grind against somebody yeah mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but I do believe that Ziggler is going to retain it. Yeah, it's all not right. going to be a clean finish. I don't believe that at all. Absolutely not. There's too many people involved. Too many chefs in the kitchen. All right, moving on. Carmella versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Um, me, Chris, and Joe all say Becky Lynch. We may be getting swerved by WWE on that one. But yeah, Jeff, you think Carmella retains? Absolutely. Probably a bad idea. For 100% me. retains. <laughs> They put Charlotte Flair in the match for a reason. That reason is going to be to turn on Becky Lynch, and then Carmella is going to sneak in there and get the win. I thought it, I think it's to, I think they put it in there to put Charlotte in there so that uh, she can, so, or sorry, so that Becky Lynch can beat Carmella maybe after stealing it, after, uh, say, Flair hits, hits Carmella with natural selection. That way, Carmella takes the pinfall, and that sets up Becky Lynch versus Flair for evolution. Uh, I I definitely think that we need to have Charlotte Flair being a heel for that pay per view. Uh, yeah, for evolution, absolutely. And I she think needs to be a heel again. This is the perfect spot to to basically make it happen. Just have Charlotte heel out on Becky. Everybody, everybody wants Becky to win at this point. Yeah, and then maybe then maybe she heals out, and then Becky gets vengeance at Evolution. Yeah. Speaking of setting up for Evolution, Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. We all have Bliss, and I think we're all thinking Becky the same wins. thing. 
<laughs> what did what did RGB say? Book who so retarded? Uh, he... say that again. They make Becky win and she holds the belt. They don't they don't know how to book her. It feels like they don't know her personality uh, well enough and how she how she works in order to book her in the correct situation. Story with her. She, they want the WWE universe wants her to be relevant, but the business doesn't make her relevant. Like they want to make her important, but they don't know how to use her. They don't know how to express what she wants to express in the ring or storyline. They don't know how to do it, and she's a very good character. I feel I, like I, I, I agree to an extent because I feel like if they don't know. Like, they don't know what to do with her if she's not losing. Yeah. Right? They know how to make her lose. That's that's true. Yeah. So I, I may have, I may have uh, jumped this one, too. But yeah. I, guess we'll, I guess time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. But moving on to the setting up for evolution, Bliss versus Rousey. We're all thinking Bliss retains in this one, likely because they want Rousey headlining evolution. It probably look it. It looks better if Ronda finally wins at Evolution, unless, of course, we're going to have the rumored four horsewoman versus four horsewoman match at Evolution. But I think we're—I don't think any of us think Ronda Rousey's winning the title on this. No, it, it's no. too early for her to to get that championship. I mean, she she has looked pretty good in the limited amount we've seen her, and she's definitely got the support of the crowd. But I feel like they can get a better result by making the crowd wait on it a little bit more. Uh, I, I think that's true because Rousey is getting great reactions still. My reasoning, yo, know, and unfortunately some events have changed. I still think Bliss wins. But I thought this was the turn for Natalia to turn on Rousey is why she would lose. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense too. But will but with she her, even be there? Yeah, right. right. With her father passing this week, if she's there, she's not. Even if she attacks, she won't come out a heel. Nope. And not in Brooklyn. There are too many smart fans there. <laughs> That's right. Yes. They, they will. <laughs> they will cheer anything Natalia does because just out of respect. Yes, absolutely. But I think yeah, we're all we all think now. Moving on to another title match, WWE title match: AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. AJ Styles is the little bit's favorite wrestler. I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are split. Uh, Andre and Chris, y'all are both picking Joe, and Joe and I are picking Styles. So this is a tough call. Uh, I mean, this can go either way. Like this is um, this is one match I'm certainly interested in seeing the result of because I really. I really don't know, or I can't see a prediction for either way they're going. Uh, AJ's been champion for a hot minute now. That's the only reason I'd see Joe getting the title. And also, Joe has a lot of momentum. And if you don't, if you don't capitalize on that, what do you do with him? But I picked AJ anyway because of the fact that otherwise, there my picks just have too many title changes on this card. Before I let uh, Chris and Andre talk about why they think Joe is going to win, I think Styles wins because these two guys can put on a program and they could do a three-match set, and I don't think the heel takes the takes the title or any. I don't think the title changes in the first match. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my thought. But uh, Andre and Chris, 
Uh, I'll let you go first, Chris. Uh, my belief was Joe is finally healthy. Joe is not a young man. If you don't put the title on him now, when you're you not going to yeah. do it. Right, exactly. When do you do it? You know, yes, you could probably do in the next five, six months, but why not put it on him on him now? See if he can carry it as a giant heel for at least a couple months. You know, give him that world championship in WWE. He's proven himself in TNA or Impact, whatever you want to call it this week. And he he does, you know, he's a fantastic speaker as proven by his voiceover work that he's done. And his, he's been in a couple of games too. Yep. Including uh, Dota 2 as a voiceover. <laughs> Dota, 2 is, Dota 2 has some good uh, voice packs. That's yeah. the one I, if I played MOBAs, that'd be, that'd be cool for me. I wish more games would do that. But so it, Andre, Andre, why'd you have Joe? We got, we got this. La, the last two matches are gonna, are gonna take us a minute to to talk about. So let's. Yeah. All right. So I got uh, Samoa Joe basically because the that championship has been on a face for a long time. Uh, AJ Styles held that belt for a very long time. They didn't pull the trigger with Nakamura. I don't know why. Uh, I can't see a world where they don't pull the trigger on Joe. Joe is so intimidating on the mic. Uh, that as a champion, he has the goal to back up what he's saying. That he's got that, he's got that gravitas about him. Yes, it, it it would make it so that the person who beats Samoa Joe for the championship would mean something. And you know, I hope they don't just toss it back and forth between them. But I think AJ Styles has done enough for the championship at this point that he doesn't necessarily need to have it anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it would benefit Joe, and it would benefit the person who beats Joe. All right, so moving on to the last two. And the, the reason I saved these for last is because the interplay between the Strowman-Owens match for the Money in the Bank contract and the Lesnar-Reigns Universal Championship match just can't be understated because a lot of, a lot of people, myself and Andre included here, think there's going to be a a Strowman cash in with the money in the bank briefcase. My only problem with that is that that's how they ended WrestleMania 33, 32, whichever one, the, the last res, the, the first Lesnar reigns WrestleMania match when Rollins cashed in at the last second to win in the middle of the match. Right. Yeah. So there's so many ways, and they're all dependent on the other. You could see Owens doing the same thing, right? So you know, me and Andre are thinking Strowman wins the uh, Strowman wins the match and cashes in on uh, either after Reigns pins Lesnar clean or comes in in the middle of the match. But uh, Jixon and TJ just have Reigns going over. So I've spoken a lot on this already. You guys take it away. I honestly don't even think that lesnar is going to win at all if if there is a if there is a cash in and they're doing it after the match roman's pinning lesnar and then Strowman will come in and take it from him but i see i see zero percent like i think that if we were putting this match down we shouldn't put it as lesnar versus reigns we should put the match as does lesnar leave with the championship and that's no <laughs> that's just no it's not happening Right, please, he has please. A more months, but please. He, you know, he's not gonna be on TV more than likely. Like this is the last match he's in. It's a 
unless his contract goes through Survivor Series, there's no chance in hell that he leaves with the title. Right. It's whether the, from like Paul everybody, Lee, everybody is fed up with. Yeah, you know, whether from Paul Lee, a cash in, you know, many other outside factors, he's not leaving with the title. Unless Vince wants him to run into his next UFC match which apparently Brock is getting another title match with UFC. Mm-hmm. And does Vince want that belt staying on Brock Lesnar when he goes in the UFC? Because what if he loses in the UFC? That makes that that makes the WWE look belt look bad. It, it doesn't. I, I don't think it does because everybody knows WWE is fake. There's only, oh, sorry, scripted. But everybody knows that there's not going to be any real loss to WWE's image if Brock doesn't win. No, so why I say it makes the belt look bad is because you got Roman Reigns fighting for this belt. He can't beat it. Some random dude from UFC, well, he's not random, obviously, but to the WWE universe at large, he's pretty random because there's not a lot of people who beat Brock Lesnar. So if Lesnar goes into UFC and, and loses while he's the champion, like where the 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 in-story credibility of the universal title which has barely any as it is is shot yeah like lesnar is like clean through the entire roster so if if some if someone in ufc beats him then that loses the legitimacy of somebody in wwe beating him for that title now they get to say that Brock wasn't concentrated on the WWE. He was concentrated, was con- or wasn't concentrated on UFC. They get to say yeah, that hey, could... the rules are different here in WWE, and just because you can win in, in UFC doesn't mean you can win in WWE. Yeah, and they, there, could, there's... they could say this in many different ways, but you know, back to the uh, the first part, we jumped ahead a little bit here. You know, we have to we have to go back to. The Strowman versus Owens match. Right? I think we all agree that Strowman should be keeping his money in the bank champion. Right. Title, whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think Kevin Owens has to win. But it, so, well, the, not, but like, so I, I think he's going to get the squad. I think Kevin Owens is going to, okay, so if, I think he's going to get himself disqualified. Yeah, if Strowman loses that championship, I keep saying championship. It's not a championship. If he loses the match in any way, he loses the the money in the bank. Right, and so that 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 stipulation like should inform the booking, right? Yeah, so you're right. It, Owens would have to get himself disqualified to maintain any type of heat. Mm-hmm. Yes, even otherwise if- they just flounders because you know i mean like they built stroman so strong they they can't they can't give the well maybe they can who knows maybe they have a plan i think the issue was putting the the money in the bank on stroman yeah that was the problem like they booked themselves into a problem with that he didn't need the money in the bank other people in the match did and he should have just gotten it straight out i don't see them changing that right now it sets a it sets a precedent for that thing yeah, and you know, my thing is the the stipulation there really is is the main reason why I think that uh, Strowman keeps it because it seems like the only way for him to lose it is either Kevin Owens gets himself disqualified or Kevin Owens gets a win over Braun Strowman. Right, and you don't want to have Braun Strowman do a failed cash in. Absolutely no. not. I mean, the crowd. I I will say this: they they 
if Strowman wins and Strowman like and Strowman pins Lesnar on the cash in, the crowd is going to go nuts. But again, what does that do for Roman Reigns though? If that happens, I think we all agree Strowman's probably keeping the the briefcase. Yes. But what does that do if Strowman cashes in? What do they do with Reigns after that? Man, I would like to see them resume their feud. Because that was actually pretty good. It was uh, good. <laughs> but I, I was, I was telling this to Joe before. I'm, I'm a big fan of when two wrestlers are in a feud and then they get back into a feud with uh, face heel roles reversed. I love it when they do that. Yeah, and but that, that would require WWE to actually recognize turn Roman Reigns heel. Is a heel. Yeah, that No, I mean he is a heel pretty much right now. Although I. That's a, a conversation for a different time. But uh, the problem is if they actually turn him heel, people might actually start cheering Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> I think they realize that, actually, which is why they don't do it. I don't know if that's giving them too much credit, but I do think they realize that. I think everybody's right here. I think there's no way that Lesnar leaves with the title. There, there's a chance it's very small so, but so at the end of the day, do we think Roman Reigns is going over or is there going to be a cash in? I want to say Roman Reigns finally goes over, if only so we can just finally get it over with. I, I tell you this, like if you at the WrestleMania match between these two, when Brock opened up Reigns' forehead and Reigns had that crimson mask and he had that look on his face, that would have been the perfect time right. for him to just spear Lesnar one, two, three. I may not like Roman Reigns, but that would have been an awesome ending to the match, an awesome yeah. old school ending that I think everybody would have would have been fine with other than the fact that it's Roman Reigns. So how do they do it if Reigns goes over now? Like, how does he win? He can't just win with a spear. He can't win with three spears like he did over the over the Undertaker. How how do you book the finish? Man, you got to have Paul involved in it somehow. Well, yeah. they kind of they pulled that uh, the thing on Raw. You know, they had him do the sneak attack on Reigns on Raw yeah. on Monday. So they kind of... <laughs> they kind of blew their load on that right they could yeah, still because... obfuscate that though yeah but as as uh uh brian zane said on his on his little if if you if you have Heyman get involved against lesnar that is vince russo level bullshit okay. right the heel the heel pretending to you know the the double swerve it's just i mean doesn't say it couldn't happen but that i it would put a bad taste in my mouth well, listen, when you put Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns together, who wins? Not the audience. <laughs> Not the audience. Alien versus Predator. doesn't matter who wins, we lose. Yeah. And that was a terrible movie, so the audience didn't even win that one. <laughs> I think, I think we've got to come to a final decision before we close this out, though. Who, uh, I got, I got Strowman, go Strowman uh, cashing in in the middle like Seth did. And uh, okay, he will he will pin uh, Lesnar. Okay, so Lesnar doesn't so Lesnar doesn't job to Reigns. He he jobs to Strowman. Yeah, because I think Lesnar's going out on his back. That's how I got it. I think Andre has some merit here. 
And I'm still gonna say Reigns because God, I don't want to see them try anymore. Please. And, and, this, I, and I know this is me like picking emotionally. Just I, it's not it's not that I hate Roman Reigns like the rest of the fans do, but I'm just I'm just tired of this whole like narrative that they're pushing with him. This mismanagement. Think, yeah. Fi- like can we can we finally just let this run its course and see where it goes? I'm with Joe. I you know I think he finally goes over and I don't know how long Roman has the title because you have to give it to Roman at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's just so over right now and looks great. But, you know, they might push it all the way to next WrestleMania. I'm not a huge fan of Roman keeping the title then, but he goes over tomorrow. Yeah. And then maybe, think, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, yeah, I was wrong. saying, I think Roman goes over Lesnar so they can say that that happened. Right. And so that. They can say he's the only man to pin Brock Lesnar in however long, right? Yeah, since Goldberg, yeah, since Goldberg, and then it doesn't really Goldberg doesn't really count. Like yeah, everybody Goldberg. knew that was a that was a nostalgia thing, um, and then I think immediately Strowman, because so so then the crowd is going to shit all over Roman Reigns pinning Lesnar, but they're going to pop hard when Strowman cashes in, power slams him and takes the universal title. I almost want, and I, I don't say, I shouldn't say almost, I do want, I don't want him to cash in right away. I kind of want that specter to loom about for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I think they're going to milk it. I think Roman Reigns is going to be celebrating. There are going to be all these boos raining down, and then he's going to be, like, walking up the ramp when Strowman's music hits. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's <laughs> yeah. how, if I'm booking yeah. it, that's how I book it. I want, I want, yeah, I want Roman to be, looking over his shoulder for Braun Strowman while he's carrying that briefcase. I think that'll be good. I mean, him, Strowman cashing in right then and there also would be good. <laughs> Just any any situation that involves Brock Lesnar not having the title, I think is good. Exactly. They know what? They've, they, <laughs> they've pushed this so that, you know what? We're picking lesser of two evils here. Yeah, and they, they've milked that because I think that was WWE finally realizing what the fan sentiment was for a change and building that into their storyline. Because when it first started out, Brock Lesnar as the Universal Champion and not there every night made that championship look special and made Brock Lesnar look like a look like a, uh, a special attraction. But mm-hmm. the fact that he has had that title for so long and the Universal Champion is not on Raw that gate if 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 roman were better on the stick he could have milked that even better and he might actually the crowd has actually started cheering roman a little bit more than normal i have noticed Uh, that yeah but uh they they did what they could i just roman i like in the ring i actually like him in the ring he could put a little bit more variety to his moves but he knows how to build drama he knows how to sell he knows uh he's got he's got good timing um it's just he needs some more variety, and uh, most of what's happening with him is not his fault. Most, <laughs> yeah. Most. Well, that kind of does it for SummerSlam. I think we've uh, we've we've fantasy booked the uh, the ending to death. Yeah, obviously, and- Andre and uh, and Joe, much appreciate you having me on the on the podcast here. I'll turn it back over to you guys to uh, close it on out. It was good having you. Uh, you want to shout out your stuff again so people can find you. Twitch.tv slash Phantom Ryu, Twitter.com or at Phantom Ryu on Twitter, and uh, YouTube.com slash Phantom Ryu. I'm Phantom Ryu everywhere.
and you can also find them on Speed Gaming, occasionally commentating uh, Link to the Past randomizer tournament matches. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can't get in some of these uh, some of these Super Metroid tournament matches, mm. and uh, yeah, because I have I have called super, both Super Metroid and one of my favorite uh, commentaries was I actually called some of the Mega Man Two tournament uh, yeah. with Sinister One. That was that great. Was awesome. All right, and uh, Chris, what about you? I just have my Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash Jixon. I don't do other social media, to be honest. I have accounts, but I don't use it. Good on you. If you see the name Jixon, it more than likely is me. There's no one else that, to my knowledge, has ever taken that name. Well, maybe one guy. Right, yeah. there was that one guy. <laughs> you see, but, I'm telling you, man, he, he killed him and took his place. <laughs> that is what I have. And yes, thank you for having me on. It was quite it was quite a lot of fun and I was glad to be here. Alright, well thank you two guys for showing up and bailing us out for the week. <laughs> so we definitely appreciate you for agreeing. And who knows, maybe in the future we'll be able to round this up again. Uh, you know, maybe with a, a little bit more planning, make uh, something more focused on. Yeah, this is sort of impromptu, a way to salvage the week. But you know, when you we got had, this we had a good talent all in one place, you don't need a script. <laughs> so, all right. It's uncut, uncensored. Well, uncut. there will be one censor because I <laughs> said the name of the anonymous yes. retailer. So, but that's it. Yes, one censor, but still all uncut. Right. All right. So with that, we're gonna close it out. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, etc any type of podcast aggregator, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, it's all 4205cast. Uh, that Instagram thing, we've been doing that too, yeah. Like four pictures now instead of one. Very nice. Four pictures. <laughs> so, all right. So with that, you know where you can find us. You know where you can find Jixon. You, can, you know where you can find Phantom Ryu. So please go give these guys some follows and give them thanks for helping us out too. 4205 cast off.